Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Hey, Blue! We are the Baseball Umpires Podcast for umpires by an umpire. We're more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on the baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue, the Umpire Podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. All right, hey Blue, for this October 11, 2022, the Umpires Podcast, for umpires, by an umpire. One thing we really try to do at our clinics that we have every couple of weeks for the Southern Alberta Umpire Association is while we're doing our on-field stuff, we have discussions that go on to try to make sure that uh, the, the the proper message is getting put put across during the game and the communication that can be had in situations that might arise. Uh, and we try to push it across. We, we talk a lot about that when we do um, the group of, of the instructors, the guys who are part of the Southern Alberta Empire Association, that we when we have our when we work games together that during our pregame meeting in the dressing room, we really try to push across the the fact that we're trying to keep people in games, we're trying to keep coaches in games, we're trying to keep managers in games, and we're especially trying to keep players in games. Sometimes it can't happen. Sometimes guys get a little rambunctious. Sometimes umpires get rambunctious and have a quick trigger finger. But uh, in general, you try to keep guys in the game because um, it can really t- – t- things can really go f- go for the worst when ejections happen. And it's extra paperwork you don't want to do after the game anyways. That's your time and everything else, right? So that's one thing we really try to push across at our clinics is the importance of keeping guys and players and managers in, in the baseball games that, that we do. And it's uh, – Sometimes it does happen, and there there are times that guys uh, do uh, do need to go. It's uh, it's it's just the way it is. Sometimes, sometimes you can't avoid it. Sometimes there's guys looking to get thrown out of games. That's when you keep them in a the game a little bit a little bit longer. If they got to watch this, if I got to watch this crap, so do they. But sometimes, as a good friend and fellow umpire Ron Shuchuk, he says uh, their participation is no, no longer required in this event. Funny way of Ron uh, having says that. But the biggest thing is that nobody's bigger than the game itself. The game to work properly, you need coaches, you need players, you need, of course, you need umpires. Uh, and for that to happen, umpires, players, and coaches need to work together. A novel concept. They just crazy work together in this crazy world we live in. Umpires don't know, no, don't need to go out there and be cops. Coaches don't don't need to be going out there and being assholes, and and the players can't be caught being pawns in in the game that could be that could uh, happen between coaches and umpires because that that does happen as well. But this past summer, I had uh, Jake Lindmeyer used to coach the uh, the Brooks Bombers in WCBL. I had him on on the foul tips, the uh, all baseball dish, the fourteen twenty sports podcast, and we were talking just about that that situation, how catchers especially because he's a he's a catcher coach at uh, Brookheimer. 
I think it's Brookheimer, Brockheimer or Brockmeyer. I'll get it right later, a little bit later on for the end of the show. But we, I had him on and we talked about the importance of umpires and, and, and uh, catchers working together and how the, the communication doesn't have to be a screw you, screw you. It's a lot more expletive than that most of the time. But so how, how umpires and, and uh, players, umpires and coaches can work together and there can be a, a cohesive cohesiveness for that to work together. So I thought I would... Uh, Put that in the show here uh, for this week or for the weekend or whenever you want to listen to this. I thought I would put it in here for, for Hey Blue for you guys to listen to because it's a very important message that Jake came across as a coach and as an ex-catcher and that's um, and me as an umpire discussing that the ins and outs and how it can, it can work properly and how it doesn't have to be a screw you, screw you match and a pissing match and everything else. Players make mistakes, coaches make mistakes, and umpires make mistakes. But it's how you handle those mistakes and how you how you handle those things as a as a unit to make the game more enjoyable for everybody involved. The older you get and the more experience you get, the less hassle you do have, or you do find ways to diffuse situations. Because I've always said the best way to avoid a situation is to avoid a situation. So as a you, I get a little bit older, a little. Deanne won't agree that I'm getting more mature. I'm, I'm getting wiser in my in my age, but not not more mature. But it's it's very important how an umpire can approach situations and coaches can approach situations. And it's not just a yelling match and a screaming match. There's ways to talk about it. So have a listen to what, uh, what Jake and I had to talk about over the summer. Uh, it's very informative. It's a very good conversation we had. Jake's a really good guy, knowledgeable baseball guy from Brockhaven Bears baseball in Texas. Cheese uh, baseball. We'll get to all that, all that stuff at the end of the show. So it's me and Jake talking about uh, coaches and umpire relationships. Hey, it's Brent from the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. For all of you out there who like to have a little skin on the game, go to BetUS.com to make all your sports wagers. BetUS.com has all the sportsbook options available at your fingertips from pro and college football to baseball, hockey, horse racing, and beyond. And with an initial sign-up bonus of 125%, you get more bang for your buck at BetUS.com. Just click on, all our, on our personalized link that can be found on all our social media accounts and start betting today at America's favorite sportsbook. There is also an online casino for those of you who like to play the table as well. So sign up at America's favorite sports book today and pad your pockets at BetUS.com. It's an umpire. That's kind of where I wanted to go with this, considering I uh, I have the pleasure of uh, appreciating this sport with you crazy guys out in the field. There are uh, multiple times a week, sometimes more than I want to be out there, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a job, I guess. Yeah, you're a friendly guy out in the field. Um you get you seem to get along with not only your own players, the other team, the other team's coaches, you, uh, and uh, me and you get along quite well in the field so far. I think I'm unless you like how how depending how the playoffs go and how the where I end up for the uh, the playoff matchups that come along. Um, why do you feel that's important? to Have a good relationship on the field with not only the opposing team but with umpires. Well, in summer ball, it's a little bit different. We got a bunch of kids that are out of school trying to make a name for themselves, maybe get a chance to play at the next level. Um, I'm just here to have a good time, honestly. Like, I, I want our guys to have fun. I want it to be loose. That's what it's all about. Um, but with the umpires, as much as I want to yell and scream at all of you, it's not going to do me any good. So it's if I can develop a relationship with you guys and kind of get to know you, and say I come back and we have that relationship where you're not walking into the park thinking, Oh shit, I got to listen to Lindy all or cheese all day. Yeah. 
be just going to be down my throat. Like that, that's. Well, that's cut. We had a laugh at it. Like you had your first ejection in your coaching career. And I had my first ejection in over 20 plus years, pretty much right around the same time. So we had a, we kind of had a chuckle about it because I'm not one to go out and, and look for trouble or, or even find trouble. Um, and you, you seem to be the same way out in the field. Cause I, I really think that that, um, I don't think it helps a baseball game by any means. Some coaches believe that you want to fire up your team by getting thrown out of a game. I, I think it's a, it's a complete negative effect on a baseball game. Like in every single time you have too many people who get pissed off. I, I don't think it helps a game at all. I, I think if you do it in the right way, there, there is times that it is beneficial to a team, but you also have to have the right dynamic in a dugout to understand like the coach is doing it for you. You need to keep your mouth shut. So how do you pass that knowledge now that you're, you're a little bit older, you're not squatting behind the plate anymore. How do you pass that, that knowledge onto a catcher that, okay, just like, what do you say to your catchers now that you got some guys? Cause your guys in Brooks are pretty good. They're I've worked a couple of games behind the plate. They're pretty good. They don't say a whole bunch just enough. They're, they're an inquisitive, but they're not rude. How do you pass that knowledge on to the, the, your catchers saying, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do with umpires. And like, what, what's, what's, what's your, the first thing you taught your catchers this summer and then going into back into college, what's like one of the first thing you teach a new catcher that you're dealing with? So I, I see where they're at. So obviously I want them on a first name basis with you. I don't want blue or sir. I think that's, I mean, I haven't wore blue in 20 years, but anyways, that's another thing. (laughs) So I, I, I call, I mean, we tell all of our guys and that's even down into like the 10 year range, get to know them by first name. They're humans. And once you can break through that barrier, I think it opens up a lot more. And um, for me, what I want them to do is I want them to be a partnership with you almost as much as they are with every pitcher that steps on the mound, because at the end of the day, if we can get you not on our side, but at least working with us where we're talking, we're going to be more beneficial. And then in the fifth or sixth or the second game that we have with you, if we think you miss a pitch, you're not going to take offense to us saying, Brent, where the hell was that pitch? Like, well, that's exactly it. It's, it's quite e- like there was a one situation. Uh, I think it was last week with uh, Dion Reese in medicine hat. He was catching and um, he thought a pitch was a strike and he just goes, Oh, I wanted that one. And I said, well, yeah, maybe I missed that one. It, 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 you don't have to yell and scream as opposed to if um, whoever the coach is that started yelling from the dugout, that he thought it was inside or outside. Cause like you said before, you can't, you can only see up and down. Right. And uh, so I I've learned over the years to not say it's up or it's down because you can see that. Whereas like uh, Dion said, I wanted that one. It wasn't out. And he wasn't rude. He, he said it, he said it away. Like when the batter was out of the box and he said it under his breath, just enough where it's like, nah, you might've missed that one. It's more beneficial with, with that relationship with a catcher than it is to have everybody barking down your throat because people are going to, are going to screw up. Infielders make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Umpires make mistakes. That's what make, makes our, our game so great. So do you pass that on to like, to the catchers? Like, okay, you might get upset because these kids are full of testosterone. They're 18 to 22 years old and they're going to be animals at times. Do you pass that on to them? It's not going to really benefit you to be a, an asshole. I mean, so we got a kid from New York. And a kid from Chicago, Little both, hard, both, I mean, they're, they're great kids, but 
competition comes out in them and all hell breaks loose. And what we do is we want to have the conversation as far as like, you can get pissed off at a guy and you can let him know he messed up. But as long as you're not down his throat, let me do that. If you let me get on him and you tell him, hey, where was that or whatever? Like I had that relationship when I was playing with all the umpires that I worked with. I'd look at him. I said, dude, we can't. That ball's not off or that ball's not up. Like you either need to lock in or get a better view. And that's where I think the video that you actually asked me about on Twitter. um, The first question, can I help you? If I'm missing a strike or missing a corner, can I set up better so you can see it? Like, and if, if we can develop that where we're making changes before we go off on this guy, every umpire sets up differently, even though they're not supposed to, every guy's a little bit different. So we always talk about body angle. We talk about angles back to the plate. Do we need to hide from it? Do we need to show him more? And once we can figure that out, we're going to be able to get more calls. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Like you, like we uh, after a game, we uh, because we don't have an evaluator that comes around anymore for whatever reason. That's another story from another day, and we'll maybe we'll get into that uh, in a different show once the season's over. But um, we talk with each other and what they could have done right and what they could have done wrong. And I'll say your head height was not good. You're you're too far back. You're too far forward. You're getting blocked out. Like all the the stuff that I can see, especially when I'm on the inside of the field, you can see a lot more of that. When I'm on out on the sides, you can't see that as much. But you, you do need to have a good relationship with a catcher. And if something's messed up, because there, there are catchers now who set up late, and so you're moving all over the place. And the, the, the one knee thing, um, that drives me crazy because then they're moving all the time. Like right, even when the pitch is coming down, down the lane, these one knee guys are moving right to the bitter end. I mean, I... I like to get our guys set up early. And I mean, it's a conversation that we have with our catchers right away. We want your body on the plate 60% and we don't, we want you set up early. One pitchers don't like focal points moving. And that's where we tell guys not to look at the glove and two, you have to get set up. And the later you get set up, the more opportunity there is for you to miss pitches. Yeah. And there's nothing around it. Like, it's no one's fault but the catchers. If he's not set up, you can't get set up. There's no way. Like, because if you get blocked and miss a pitch, you're going to hear it from both sides. Like, there's just. How do you get your catchers to, to get in a, because me personally, I like when a pitcher and a catcher and umpire are all in sync and are working fast. Mm-hmm. Can you please get that going around this league somehow, some way? Because it seems that it it drags a lot. And like, if things get going and a, a, an umpire gets used to calling strikes, he'll call strikes because we're, we're, we're there. We're there to call outs and strikes and get the heck to the bar or whatever afterwards. Right. Like it's like, let's get this going because no one likes a, a three and a half hour, four hour game. So a pitcher's yeah. throwing strikes and working fast, it's more beneficial to the game in general. The fans enjoy it a lot more too. Yeah. I mean, there's things that you can put into play, but I mean, I don't think the pitch clock is an issue. I, I don't want to see that come in, but it's, it's one of those things is we're not professional players here. There there's a couple kids that are going to go have the opportunity to do it. But if we're getting a 21 inch zone, a ball either way out, out, out and in yeah. and go, 
a quarter ball down and get it to the letters. I mean, it's big. This but... is being recorded now. So wait, I can I can use this now. This is a thing. No, I get well, it. Fine, but yeah. it, if we're consistent with it, and I think we talked about it yesterday. If if you're consistently big, you're not going to have those balls that get missed in the zone. 100%. Now, I, I was talking to Jordan before he went a little bit uh, haywire the other day on the field, and he was saying the same thing when he was a hitter. Uh, when he played a hundred years ago, he liked the bigger zones and he, he would come up swinging. And if he was leaving it up to an umpire to change things, it would really screw up not only the hitter, but the catcher as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Like you look at the zone. Now a guy starts running it up with some velocity and starts spinning it a little bit. Maybe we can push it down a little bit because hitting a 92 mile an hour fastball at the letters is he tough. Catching it. Yeah. But it it's one of those things. It's, if if you got 85 to 87 on the mound, which a lot of this league is, yeah. if he's got two pitches, he should be able to work effectively in this league. 100%. If, if he's going to sit there and have to throw it over the absolute white all day long, he's not going to do it consistently. Like, we're if we expand it a little bit, You'll get gripe for two innings, and then everybody's going to realize, okay, the zone's big today, and then it goes away. Yeah, that's what I I kind of try to like with a fastball. I'll call a fastball up because it's it's there, and mm-hmm. it's 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 hittable. It's it's there. Like you don't want to have your pitcher living up there anyways. But if it if it's there, but if it's a breaking ball up and it comes down, that's a different story for me. Yeah, that's, that's just me. But if it's a fastball that's just Across the plane, it, it hasn't moved a bunch. It's 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 up a little bit. Call it a strike, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's quite that thing. Uh, what uh, tricks have you learned as a coach to uh, like Jedi mind tricks as a coach that you didn't know as a catcher that you wish you would have known when you were catching like in the last uh, X amount of years since you've uh, been on the baselines, not behind the plate. I mean, I've had a couple good one liners come out of the dugout. I mean, there's a reason I've only been thrown out one time. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But just being able to talk to him in between innings, um, having that relationship where you can go have conversation. And um, I think the thing that I wish I would have known the most is honestly the way that we catch now, moving balls back to the plate. And yeah. I mean, my knees would be thankful if I got to catch off a knee a little bit longer. But um, Catchers can change the attitude of a game quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. With an umpire, with the, the with their own bench, um, if a, if a coach or a manager, or skip whatever you want to call them, if they go, if they ask the catcher where was that, and they re, and the catcher reacts negatively, that can re, not just the umpire might get pissed off. Because I, I mean, I personally don't care if I missed it. You can tell me I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I, missed, I missed. I missed it. Sorry. I'll say sorry. But if a catcher says something to the entire bench. He can get that bench on the umpire, and that can cause just a disaster for your for for that team. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We, uh, I mean, you can use the open and closed hand. You can use the glove on, glove off. Yeah, grab, grab your mask if it's a strike. That type of stuff. I mean, there there's ways to tell me, yeah, it's a strike, and not no, he just missed it. Like, I, I love watching teams. A coach asked where it was. I don't know. Uh, well, that yeah, does, the, the the hand shrug and the shoulder shrug. I don't like that one. No, like it's because, like because then then the 
sometimes there's 4,000 people behind you going, oh, fuck, the umpire doesn't know where it's going. And, yeah. again, and if the catcher doesn't know, then and they don't know, and it just causes a wreck for everybody and for, for on both sides. Yeah, it. I hate the shoulder shrug myself because it it's not it's not beneficial. Now, late in the game, big play, he throws his hands up. I mean, I understand it there, but at the same time, like throwing your hands up does nothing for us. Tell me it's a strike. Tell me like you can tell me quietly you missed it. Yeah, and. After that, like, if I need to go talk to him and get it out of him that he missed it, okay. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. I I think I've developed a relationship enough now with most of you guys that it, if I have something to say, I'll plead my case. If a if a guy's having a bad night behind the plate, like the umpire wise, and you like know the- it and you see it, and it happens, it it happens. I mean, I I had one twenty years ago. Um, um, if a guy's having a bad night, do you try to get your catcher to console him? Not console him, rub his nuts a little bit, say, okay, where'd that miss? Because he ain't going anywhere and you still got to get the game done. Like, how do, you, yeah. how do you as a coach deal with that? And how do you get the catcher to maybe rub the umpire's nuts a little bit and give, give him the angry beetle a little bit? Like, a little. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give him, I mean, we'll, we'll just have him try and have the conversation with him a little bit. I'll go out to him in between innings. I'll crack a joke about how bad he's been. Like, and it, hey, we all have bad nights. It's okay. But you got four innings to go. So, Oof. like, but it, I'm not going to go out there and just MF the guy because he's, like, he's having a bad night. You can you can tell when a guy's having a bad night. Like, you know, no. like the umpire knows. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like there's no way when a guy sitting in, in the locker room afterwards taking his crap off and he had a, he had a crap in it. There's no way he's just having. I hope. I mean, there probably <laughs> are guys in this league and throughout uh, leagues right across North America that. But in general, when guy a guy has a bad night, he's pretty quiet in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, and like again, he's human. I'm not trying to beat a guy down, but it when you're having a bad night don't cause any more attention to yourself than everybody already knows you having a bad night. Is. That's a hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's part of the reason I got uh, dumped the night I did because it, it turned into, let me show you how much I know. Like, don't go to the rule book. Don't tell me up and down. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And like, don't try and show me how good you are. Like, if you if you can just control the game and be there, and if you if you determine a rule and that's how you go by it and that's how you're calling it, I can't argue it. You're in control of the game. I can ask you to go get help. I can do whatever. But at the end of the day, once you make your call, it's finalized. The uh, the, the best way that. to get through a game is game, like you said, game management for me, and just get through it. Like I. Uh, me and Brandon Oberg, we we do this thing. I, I count outs. Every game is is fifty four outs, or it could be fifty one. And then the other day when we had the double header in, in your guys' park in Brooks, uh, when we were driving there, I said, "Well, it's eighty four out game, eighty four out day because it was two sevens. It ended up being a long, long afternoon." But um, it's game management and, and getting outs is how I deal with it. 
Um, how do you, like, with hitters now, one thing that makes me absolutely bananas is when a hitter asks, is that top, is that out, as far out as you'll go, is that bottom? When the, I had a hitter this year, and he asked every pitch. Um, pretty good player, not great, but he's pretty good. And every pitch he's asking, dude, swing the bat. And he asked me finally, is that as far out you, as you'll go? And I said, if you ask one more time, I will go right to that dugout. I'll go as that far out. Like, just quit it. Do you get, like, what do you say to your hitters to, to when they start questioning the umpire? So we teach it. We don't want it every pitch, though, right? Like, it first at bat, get to know a guy. Hey, is that as far as you'll go? Is that as far up as you'll go? That type of stuff. Yeah. I'm good with it in the first at bat. But if you're asking in the sixth, like you're asking for help and like that, that drives me nuts. Like we tell our hitters like at the college level or at the college anyways, look at someone that's similar to you and then see how they're pitched. That's how you're going to be pitched until they get to know you. So if you're a six, four donkey hitting behind a six, four donkey, you're probably getting the same sequencing for the first two games. Yeah. So pay attention to it. And like we keep tendency charts on what guys are thrown. And the more you know what you're looking to hit, I mean, I look at the guy that played in Canada for a while, Vladdy senior, like that dude hit balls from everywhere. Everywhere. And it's it's one of those things. He's like, bouncing, he was swinging. But if you have good back to ball skills, which a lot of these guys don't realize how good their hands are, go attack something. If it's a ball out, if it's a ball down, if it like look at Denver Blinn with us. Yeah. Balls that are two, three balls off the plate and has barrel to them. But he's looking to swing. He's looking to go do damage. No, he's a, I like him. He's a, he's a good player. He uh needs a bigger glove some nights that some nights out there, but he's uh, in general, you know, he's a good, good little player and he plays hard. And he, uh, he doesn't say, say a whole bunch that he plays like a, he's a polite kid. I, I quite like him. Um, we'll get off of this, this umpire. Well, not forever, but we'll the umpire coach uh, catcher relationship. Have you had to pull a catcher, even though he's having a pretty good night, but he's just not getting the calls or he's just so flushed with the umpire. And it, you you can just see it. It's not getting. It's not going to get any better. Like the umpire ain't going anywhere. The coach ain't going anywhere. The only thing you can really do is is replace the catcher because maybe the umpire and the catcher just aren't, don't mix, and he ain't getting the calls, or he's just things have just gone sideways. I haven't had to do that. I've thought about it many times, but I haven't had to. I I could see a defensive replacement late in the game where we're trying to get something, but. Um, I try and get who's umpiring the day before. So I know like, especially at the school, cause we get a lot of the same guys. Yeah. And if I know a guy doesn't clash, he's probably not catching. Yeah. That probably comes in pretty handy. I mean, there isn't many guys that I, I don't like working behind in this league. Um, you see everybody pretty much. They said two or three times a week and you get to know them a little bit. It's a pretty quick, uh, quick turnaround this league. It's done in, well, it seems, it seems quick, but it seemed to be dragging at times too. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. The, when an umpire makes a mistake, do you do you appreciate when they say, "Yeah, I missed it," or 
do you want them to not say that because it puts a bit of doubt in your mind and the catcher's mind that, geez, this guy doesn't know what he's doing? I don't mind a guy saying he missed it. Like, it it happens. Like, I don't need him to show me and say, hey, I missed it. Like, what do you want? Like, come up to me in between innings. Hey, I missed that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, but if we're doing it three and four times a day, like, that's where we're going to have issues. Yeah. Because I had one at the uh, CCBC level, uh, Okanagan, actually at the championship. Um, what's his name? Caleb Lumbar. He coach, he, he catches for uh, Okotoks now. Mm-hmm. And the, the game was out of hand. O- Okanagan was killing. I can't remember where they were playing. It was 13 or 14 to 2 kind of deal. And uh, there was a pitch that I thought was going to move, and it didn't. And I called it a ball. And as soon as I said ball, I went, fuck. <laughs> and, and, and and he laughed, Caleb laughed. He said, yeah, don't tell your coach to laugh the game about this. He goes, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Not a big deal. And so it was, it's good to have that relationship. And I said, yeah, I, I, I just missed, I was too quick on it and I call it a ball and I shouldn't have. And, uh, it, it went, that went well in, in my favor because they, they know like I'm a human being just like they are. I'm not out there to, to cause a ruckus. Do you, is there something like there's, there are got umpires out there in this league and in every league that are out there to cause a ruckus and uh, show you that they're the smartest man in the room and uh, they're out there being a police officer and not an official. How do you deal with those guys and how do you get your catchers to deal with those guys? Well, I know that you only got nine innings with them and someone else will be back there tomorrow night. Yeah. Like, I I think you touched on it. Um, you, You made a call too quick. There, There's that little two second window that you have. Yeah. And I look at guys that make the call as soon as they can. And it's like, just wait, you, you're rushing. You're, you're trying to Nothing be so time. Bad. And then you got the guys that take too long. So you got guys looking back at you. And I think that's where you're going to have issues too, is if you hold it and wait on it and a guy gets two steps out of the box before you ring him up. Now, now we're going to be just freaking out. Like the guys that flinch that you just sit there and like, they jump up on every pitch and it's like, is that a strike? No. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Uh, what's the best advice that you were given when you started to, like you, you've been coaching for a few years now, what's the best advice that you've been given um, from head coaches or wherever you've been uh, since you started coaching on how to deal with umpires and how to get your catcher to deal with an umpire in a, in a proper manner? Like who, and who gave it to you for starter? Like who gave it this advice and what was it? So, I mean, there's a couple of them. My head coach in college, uh, Mike Holichuk, um, he, t- anytime he went out to argue, he would walk. Oh. He would walk out there and then he wouldn't, he wouldn't yell, scream. He would ask, what do you have? What do you have? Yeah. And it's hilarious doing it with umpires that don't know how to control it because they're expecting you to come out and want to get in a yelling match. And in turn, they freak out. Most guys are in control, but you'll get the occasional like, well, uh, what did you have? I, I'm just trying to figure out what you had there. Yeah. And then if I disagree, then I can kind of get into it with you. But if I'm just coming to yell and scream. Then I can I'm, just yell and scream back. Yeah. And nothing, and, and nothing gets and solved. And everybody's and everybody just pissed off. Yeah. And it's. It's funny, like, I, I can yell stuff from the dugout and le- learn how to do that, but I think just 
being able to befriend the guys that are calling a game is going to take you a lot farther. Like we, we have, we have one year in now officially with four games left. We're one, we're one year vet coaches. We're not, I mean, we're still rookies, but it's one of those things. We know most of the guys we're getting now, you know, our faces, you know, who we are. We have a reputation. Now we have a rapport with you guys. Once you develop a good rapport, you can have a bad night where you want to MF the world and let a guy know, and you're probably going to stay in a game a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, I used to say like, I got, I had two this year. One might've been a little quick, but I, I, I kind of had to do so in, in my opinion, I had to do something because they they were yipping from the first pitch and then it continued on and on and on. And I said, it's only the second inning if I don't do something because telling them just to shut up ain't working. Yep. Um, I had to do something that they knew. I was like, okay, we're not doing this all night. And that, and that was, so I had to, I don't like throwing guys out because then I got to do a report afterwards and that's my time to have a Bud Light and whatever I want, right? <laughs> so having to do a report afterwards and then trying to recall the situation and not, not, not get emotion um, involved in that report and actually just want to tell the truth, that's a, a tough thing to do three and a half, four hours later. Mm-hmm. And and just there was a like I threw the guy out because I I I felt that it was going to be a, a long night for me, no matter if I was right, wrong, or indifferent with every call that I was making. So I said, well that's enough. Like that this has to stop. The catcher actually came out and he had put for for it was for Regina. I'm not gonna they probably aren't gonna listen to this anyway. So I'm just saying, but it was um he came out and he actually apologized for the coach's behavior. Like he was like, yeah, you probably, you were, you were right to do something. Um, but then there's guys that, that have a quick trigger, a trigger and want to throw guys out just so they can throw guys out and they can tell their wife at, over dinner the next, the next day for, for breakfast that throw guys out. And that's one thing I will never understand why you want to get, get guys out of the game. So there's been a few instances that I felt like I was on a, a high school or younger diamond in this league with guys with quick trigger. And it's, it's one of those things you're dealing with college guys that have more freedom than they do at school. Yeah. They got to be respectful. But at the end of the day, if they don't agree with you, you might hear a swear word on the diamond. You might, Whatever. it is what it is. I mean, I saw a kid get thrown out for a standoff and we hadn't even done the ceremonial first pitch yet. And it's Bro. like, I saw, I, I heard about that. And then I, I went back and looked at it and I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was shocked. It's one of those things like you're, that's where you get teams to turn on you. And there's not going to be a happy relationship anytime you're on that diamond. No. And it, that's a problem. Like it just as much as we need to, I mean, keep our mouth shuts at times. I know that we, we've gone over, we, we had a conversation about it three weeks ago. I know we've done that, but at the end of the day, it's a two-way street. And if there's no accountability on both sides, it's just going to turn into a mess. Like, Yeah, the thing that I found about this league over the years, been doing this for quite a few years now, is that in general, like the players while they're playing, they want to win. The coaches they take it home with them, but the players, when this, when the game's over at night, they don't care. It's over. They're thinking about God knows what else afterwards, but when they're at the field, they want to win. Mm-hmm. The fans care more about winning. The management cares more about winning. The players just want to play a game and go have some fun, especially in, in summer baseball. 
They don't have a long-term allegiance to it like they do with their schools. They, they might come back for a second. They might come back for a second, rarely a third. Very rarely do you see the same coaches year after year in this league. So it's, it's funny when, when umpires get so worked up about a game that not many people care about when it's all said, when, it, when it's over. While it's happening, they care. But when it's, sometimes it's the seventh inning, they've already checked out. So it's it's just odd that people get so worked up about something that d- this doesn't really matter to a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a testosterone in the room, yeah. right? It We have a bunch of competitive guys that if they get, if they get screwed in their mind on a call, they're going to have their opinion. If they're not getting in your face, if they're walking away, turn your rabbit ears off. Like, guys... It's, Hear everything, but don't listen. It make sure it's not egregious. Make sure it's not going to turn a kid away from the stadium, and and move on. Yeah, we'll let the fans do that. They, they get a little aggressive sometimes in the uh, in the what's that called the flight deck. <laughs> I knew when Wandler, if you listen to this, I knew when you guys put that in there that that was a disaster waiting to happen because the dugout is so close to third base. And the yipping that was going to happen from people drinking Bud Lights up there for seven and a half inning was a was not a good idea. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. But that's, anyways, that's home field advantage, and I love every single person that goes up on that flight deck. We don't have a, the thing is though, Jake, Jake. We don't have a home field. You know, as umpires, we're always on the road. Don't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> In somebody's eyes, after he's had 14 Bud Lights and three piston brokes or whatever, it uh, it can change change the outlook. Jake, uh. What's the, 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 once we'll get into the WCBL thing in, in a second, in a, after a quick break here, but what's one thing that you have taught both of your catchers this summer that you're most proud of? I think so. Jimmy Costin is a little bit more pro style, I guess is the way to say it. Um, he, his cousin is playing in the twins organization um, he's been around it a little bit more as far as a pro style. We we've gotten to talk a little bit about body awareness, umpire relations, as far as like body positioning, um, glove movements, how to clean stuff up. We've done some throwing stuff. Chris Akers probably has one of the best amateur arms I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he's got a cannon. There's no doubt about there, that. There's no way around it. And I think learning when to host holster it's been a huge thing for him because um, he's. He's a kid that loves to throw, loves to back pick, and there's times for it. There's times to sit on it. And I think teaching him some of that stuff and then um, really working his glove because when he got here, it was um, it wasn't the best, to put it that way. Yeah. And he knew that, and I think he realized it when he saw Jimmy start catching. And um, his glove over the two months that we worked together is – leaps and bounds better than may when he got here and it, it's been fun to work with him every every day for 20 25 minutes just touch on a topic and go and um they've been really receptive to it they're best friends now they're, they're and that's odd for guys battling for, for playing time that's it, for, for them to be friends like that that's strange it's good they, yeah it, it really is like but they hang out all the time and it's it's really fun to see like two guys that push each other. We were in Moose Jaw for two, and Acres had the first game, and 
or sorry, Jimmy had the first game and Akers and I were just riding him for nine straight innings, yeah. like just giving him the business, everything that he did wrong. We were yelling at him. We were, we were just giving it to him. And then the next night, Jimmy and I did it back to Akers and we had, we had a blast with it. Like kept, catches a ball and gets a strike and said, Hey, you can do it. Good. And there you go. like they're running down the line and we're making them laugh is having to put their mask back on. Like, it's been fun to work with them for sure. No, that's a good thing. No, you guys have definitely improved. We'll get that. We'll take a break here. We'll get into how your team's improved over the year. But I think you guys are the most improved team that I've seen in this league. And I've seen every team except for Swift Current so far this year. Um, yeah, you guys, like, you're you're improved a lot. You got off to a really rough start. And if you, if you would have won three or four of those games in your first in the opening, you wouldn't be uh, where you're at for these last four. You got some tough ones coming up in uh, Sylvan Lake and Okotoks. So uh, you put yourself in this position, but I think, I, I think you guys will be fine. I think you'll get, you'll get through it. Yeah. I can say that now because I'm not part of any of those games, so I can say whatever I want. I'm not uh, – no one can come back on me on that. So, no, uh, Jake, thanks for joining us on, uh, on Follow Tips, the 1420 podcast. We'll uh, take a little break here. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. Once again, I'd like to thank Jake Lindmeyer for that chat we had over the summer. Uh, me and Jake are still in. Uh, we chat once in a while via text. Uh, things are going good for him down at Brookhaven. If you need a good guy on your podcast or for have a discussion with about uh, baseball in general, Jake's the, the guy. Level-headed, great guy, friendly as all heck could be. Uh, super good guy. Inform me he might not be back in Brooks next uh, next summer, which is too bad because he's a good guy to have around the WCBL. He's always a uh, a welcome sight to be around there. Always in a in a jovial mood there was a couple times where where we might have uh had a stink eye to each other or something but it was never a uh never really a harsh word so jake no thanks thank you very much for the insight on, on the whole bit we uh we appreciate you coming on our show and then just talking in general you're a you're a good guy to have around the baseball field and good luck to you and the the brookhaven bears that's at i got it right brookhaven bears uh so that's at haven baseball on twitter and uh Follow Jake as well on the Twitter machine at Jake Lindy 2021. That's J A K E L I N D Y 2021. Uh, Jake, once again, thank you and the best of luck in all your endeavors and everything with the Bears and uh, in, in your baseball career going forward. And hope you hopefully you uh, can find your way back in WCBL uh, next summer, or, or maybe I'll make my way down there to Texas and maybe we'll uh, get in an argument and I'll throw you out of a game or two. Kidding around, Jake. It's uh, always a fun time talking to you. Anyways, that's it. Another edition of uh of uh hey blue for the uh the, the uh, umpire edition of 1420 sports bar podcast i'm working on our twitter account and the facebook account trying to get it all working i got a lot going on down here at the uh yankee tavern north plus trying to watch uh, some postseason baseball here but the umpire's been really good the baseball's been fantastic the first day and a half the pitching has been phenomenal except for the guy who was supposed to be really good with scherzer last night but Mets fans and uh, Mets are going to met no matter what, right? So, anyways, thank you very much for listening once again to Hey Blue. I appreciate it very much. Uh, get it out to the other umpires. Get it out to your associations. Everybody has everybody has a uh, uh, either Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Get this out there. Play it in the dressing room. Play it on the way to games. Uh, 
before your clinics, during your clinics. If you have some ideas you want me to talk about during the show, let me know. If you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. We can talk uh, We can talk umpire. We can talk baseball until I'm blue in the face, which doesn't take much because I get a little bit revved up when it comes to something I'm very passionate about. But anyways, thank you very much for listening to Hey Blue, the all umpire, an umpire's podcast for umpires by an umpire. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And remember, everybody, smart people bunt. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 